Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Okay, welcome back. And of course, there's a lot in the news. And how do we as believers put all this into some kind of a spiritual perspective? And I've been looking for, it's been a long time uh, trying to get this guest. We finally got him pinned down and we are honored to do so. Barry Stagner is with us today. He's a senior pastor at the Calvary Chapel in Tustin, California. He's a featured speaker on the nationally broadcast radio program, The Truth About God. He's also the host of the international broadcast internet television program, The World News Briefing. He's authored several books and his new one is due out here in January called The Times of the Signs. And it's set to be released coming up this January. By the way, there's a picture of the cover of his book soon to be out. You can check that out. He does have a website, BarryStagner.com. You can go there. That's his website. And so we welcome him to the program. I think he puts jalapeno on his cereal in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it gets me going. (laughs) How are you? Good to see you. I'm I'm great. Good to see you. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Uh, Thanks for the time. You're one busy guy. Uh, Gosh, I don't even know where to start with you. You're so well informed. What's your 30,000 foot view of what's happening in Israel? Well, uh, there's multiple prongs to this, I think, that are of interest. One, you know, looking at the things that have been happening just in the world as a whole and how they have suddenly uh, advanced the prophetic narrative, so to speak, uh, it's no surprise that this just all of a sudden came upon us. Uh, We saw uh, in the church, you know, just this rapid defection from truth. Uh, We see in the world the abandonment of logic and reason. And uh, so now to watch this happen in Israel, it falls right in line with the rest of what's going to happen uh, behind this, potentially. And that is, as Revelation 1-1 opens up with the fact that things will happen in quick succession once they begin. So, you know, there are uh, a lot of spokes on this wheel. And I think one of the things that we're seeing that we need to pay close attention to is the advancement of anti-Semitism. Uh, all over the world, and the massive size of the protests that are happening in countries like Pakistan. We saw hundreds of thousands on the streets of London. Uh, There are are huge rallies in uh, pro-Palestinian rallies in Australia. And I think we are moving toward rather quickly uh, what's going to ultimately be fulfilled during the tribulation, and that is Zechariah 12.3, where the whole world is against the nation of Israel. What's the hatred? That's all spiritual in nature. Uh, you know, I think we have to recognize all the way back in Genesis, uh, the Lord said that there would be animosity or enmity between uh, Satan's followers, uh, his seed, and the seed of the woman, speaking of Israel and the Messiah. And uh, so we have this kind of spiritual manifestation in these last days uh, that's based on the delusion that Paul prophesied about and uh, the, the, the absence of a love of the truth and not uh, being willing uh, to receive the forgiveness of God. And we, we really have a, a polarized world that is centralized on Israel. And, you know, one of the things I think that's fascinating is, you know, you look on a world map. And, you know, Israel is such a small country, you have to write their name out in the Mediterranean. Mm. And here they are, there's less than uh, 7 million Jews there, 9 million in total population. And, you know, this accounts for a thousandth of 1% or a thousandth of 1%, uh, I should say, of of uh, the total world population. 
and yet they are the very center of global attention right now, which is exactly what the Bible said was going to happen. So, you know, no question about it. There is a, a spiritual nature behind this. Satan is a driving force for this hatred of Israel. And, uh, you know, the the enemy could not kill the male child through Pharaoh or Herod. He could not take Jesus down uh, even though he took his life momentarily on the cross. Early in the morning on the third day of the uh, first day of the week, he arose from the dead. Uh, so he's been after the Jewish people ever since, because if he can eliminate the Jews, he has negated portions of God's word, which is never, ever going to happen. Why is the church, um, the Christian faith, so divided, not only over Israel, but over even wokeness. 17 major denominations in 18 months have split down the middle uh, over these issues. You, you previously mentioned the falling away from these things. Why do you think this is happening? Is this part of the prophecy? Oh, absolutely. I think when we look at what Paul talked about in Second Thessalonians, and uh, he mentioned the same thing in Second Timothy chapter 4, uh, that there's going to be a falling away and truth is not going to be endured. And that would certainly include truths surrounding the nation of Israel. And we have just a delusional mindset today in our world about this uh, people upon whom and city upon which God has set his love and his name forever. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, it's definitely, I think, fulfilling prophecy and the manifestations of it. I don't think we were uh, aware of the full extent uh, to which this uh, defection from truth and reality was going to uh, be present suddenly in the last days. But I think we're seeing that happen. And, you know, we have a lot of folks today who uh, would like to argue that the church has replaced Israel uh, under the banner of replacement theology. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's pretty easily dismissed uh, through a multitude of things. Uh, one primarily being, if modern Israel is not biblical Israel, then why is everything that the Bible says about Israel happening to modern Israel? I mean, uh, the coalition of forces named in Ezekiel 38 and 39 are, are three of which are present and militarily active on Israel's northern border. You know, we have the fact that Jesus is going to return to the Mount of Olives. Now, if this is actually Palestine, why in the world would he return to a, a Muslim country uh, at his second coming? It just doesn't make any sense. And on top of that, why, if he's done with Ju the Jews in Jerusalem, why would he call the new city in which we're going to inhabit forever the new Jerusalem? It just doesn't make any sense. And yet people have uh, decided in their minds that uh, the modern-day Jews are not the Jews of the Bible, and yet the, the I think the facts in front of us today uh, prove the opposite is true. So, Pastor, there, there's a part of this from my perspective in running a broadcast network, and you hear from various points of view, as you can imagine. Guess what? Everybody has an opinion. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I am, I am genuinely surprised. Uh, not only is the... Um, Reconstruction theology very much out there, or replacement, I should say, theology is out there. Right. But anti-Semitism among Christians, I don't know how you can say you're anti-Semitic and use the word Christian in the same sentence, but it has become loud. And I'm trying to scratch my head and say, what's going on here? Yeah, it is really interesting. And I think if we're going to land on anything as far as from a theological standpoint, you know, Jesus said in John 14, when the promise of the Holy Spirit was given, that the Spirit was teach us all things. 
And I think we have to really get down to brass tacks here and say one thing the Holy Spirit is not going to teach us is anti-Semitism. He is not going to teach us that God has cast off his uh, people forever. Uh, He's told us in too many places that there was going to be a regathering of his people in the land in the latter times. He spoke about this uh, all the way back in Deuteronomy, that uh, the scattering was going to happen, uh, diaspora as we know it, and uh, that he was going to uh, cause them to come back into the land. Uh, in the latter days, bring li- breathe life into them, as we see in Ezekiel 37. And uh, and Isaiah said that the, the desert would blossom like a rose, and we're seeing all of these things. So, you know, I, I think what we see is the uh, basic eisegesis of man instead of the exegesis of Scripture, in that people are forcing what their denomination has long held uh, into the text, and it, it just it doesn't float, Barry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, let me ask you a loaded question. I may have to take a break in the middle of it, but uh, j- just to kind of play off this a little bit. Um, uh, it appears that the United States has got a lot of pressure right now on Benjamin Netanyahu to only go so far. Yes. And I'm wondering, uh, since the whole world watched this attack, modern technologies allowed the whole world to see this, that if uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu wouldn't go at it alone in spite of the pressure that the United States would be putting on Israel to back off, which would set the United States up to be scripturally against Israel. Well, that's coming. I mean, that's what Zechariah 12, 3 is all about. All the nations of the world are going to see Jerusalem as a burdensome stone. And, uh, you know, one I, I, one of the comments that I've heard from friends in Israel is that this is different. Uh, they've never seen, uh, of course, uh, since the Holocaust, they've never seen such heinous atrocities committed mm-hmm. against the Jewish people. But at the same time, they've never seen such resolve and unity within the country. And again, the, you know, this is right on the heels of the country being divided over the judicial reform issue. And yet today, you know, here we're seeing uh, video clips on, on uh, social media platforms of plane loads of people returning back to Israel so they can can fight with their brethren and uh, sisters and and stand against this great evil. So I, I don't necessarily think, and, and one, you know, the relationship uh, that we're seeing now with the U.S. administration and uh, the Netanyahu administration uh, is strained at best, and there's been all kinds of stories about the lack of an invitation uh, for Netanyahu to visit the White House and all. Uh, and and so I, I don't know that the U.S. influence uh, is what it used to be uh, with this particular administration, especially not at this time, because there is a new level of resolve to bring an end to Hamas and uh, mm. and and just you know uh, these uh, this continual cycle of invasions and incursions into Israel wow. Wow. Uh, have to come to an end. Let me take a quick break. By the way, can they pre-order your book? Yes, they can. It, uh, it's available now for pre-order on Amazon. And thank you for asking because pre-order super important. Yeah. All right. It's called The Times of the Signs. Uh, you can go for uh, there at the Amazon and pre-order it. There's a picture of the cover on the book for those of you watching on the Dove Television Network. And uh, pre-order the book. That really helps them a lot. The signs of, We'll talk about that when we come back. The Signs of the Times. We'll be right back. 
We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. And boy, what an honor to have with us today. Uh, pastor Barry Stagner is with us. He's a senior pastor there at Calvary Chapel in Tustin, California. Perhaps you've heard some of his broadcasts. He does an international broadcast, an internet broadcast, television program, World News Briefing. Uh, he's also the speaker on this radio program called The Truth About God. And uh, he's authored a book that will be coming out in January. You can pre-order it now, The Time of the Signs. There's a picture of the cover of the book on the screen. Uh, he has a website, barrystagner.com. You can go there, check out a lot of his material. And I understand, Pastor, you also have a YouTube program called uh, The Lineup. Is that true? Every Thursday night is broadcast live at 7 Pacific, but there's an archive of, of uh, uh, shows there you know, on the, on the channel. Okay. And uh, we look at the events of the week uh, through the lens of Bible prophecy every week. And uh, obviously, there's been a lot to talk about of late. I actually wound up doing a couple of programs last week just to try and keep everyone uh, up to speed with what's going on. But yes, that's every Thursday night, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, or you can just look uh, at the archive on YouTube. Okay. Again, thank you for your time. You're a wanted guy, and we got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. <laughs> um, do you how, how can we uh, prepare ourselves for the obvious? These, this is an, a major, appear to me, to be an, a major birth pain of the world to come. And yet I don't see us adjusting our thinking and our theology and our reaction. You would think that this being what it really seems to be, we'd be about the business of evangelism. But we're still about the business of existing. What's your thoughts? Well, you know, I think one of the things that is curious in, in, uh, about the, uh, the book of Revelation particularly, and I mentioned this at conferences, that, you know, we're given all of this information about a time period in which we will not be present. Uh, Revelation 6 through, 16, uh, 6 through 19, rather, uh, and verses 11 to 16 is when the church reappears in the narrative. So why would God want us to know what's coming? Why would he want us to know about the uh, cataclysmic events that are going to take place on the earth? And I believe the answer is twofold. First of all, I think it's to comfort our hearts to know that even though we're not sure how much of the precursors to the tribulation we're going to see, uh, we're going to skip the whole of the tribulation. But also, I think, to break our hearts for those around us who uh, are lost and perishing and, and have no idea what's coming. And I agree 100%, Perry. I think that our hearts ought to be just simply broken for the lost around us, and we need to be fulfilling the Great Commission. And, and one thing I think that's important uh, about the time in which we live is that, you know, people today, we've gone through a recent age in the church where, you know, anything negative has been shied away from, and it's been kind of a, a happy, clappy age. We need to present, you know, just positive stuff, and everything needs to be positive, positive, positive. But, you know, one thing I think for us to remember is that, you know, when uh, the reluctant prophet Jonah didn't want to go to his mission field, 
uh, the Lord had his own means of transport to get him there. But his message was quite simple, and it was a radical message, and it was a short message, and all it was was 40 days, and yet Nineveh will be overthrown. And what we need to pay attention to in that is what the end result of that message of judgment was, was that from the king all the way down to the common person and everybody in between repented, and there was a hundred-year-long great awakening in uh, the wicked Assyrian capital of Nineveh. And there's a place for preaching judgment and warning people that judgment is, uh, is coming. Yet what Jesus said is that prior to the time of God's global wrath, it would be as it was in the days of Noah, where people were buying and selling, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah and his family entered the ark. And I think if we were to summarize that, the general attitude of culture and society and sadly much of the church is going to be indifference to the impending signs of judgment. And with Israel being uh, becoming quickly the focal point of the whole world, the whole world is talking about Israel right now. This is a, a very clear indication that there's a change that's happening right now, and prophecy is being fulfilled. And yet, sadly, uh, people are going on about their business as though nothing is coming. And that in and of itself is a major, uh, I believe, prophetic indication that the uh, the end of all things is at hand, as Peter wrote. Do you think there's a great ingathering before that? I don't. Uh, I don't think that we can make that case uh, based on what Jesus said in the Olivet Discourse. Uh, he said things are going to be terrible. And if we look at you know, the way things are uh, in the days of Noah with the little bit of information that we have, it's pretty brutal. Uh, in the opening chapters of Genesis, the thoughts and intents of man's heart was only evil continually, and the earth was filled with violence, and the whole earth was corrupt before God. That's the information that we have. And Jesus said it's going to be like that uh, at the time of his coming. And, you know, I don't think that you can make the case that he's talking about his second coming with that mention, because prior to his second coming, uh, uh, Revelation 17 says, there'll be no voice of the bride and bridegroom, and commerce is going to cease, and the merchants of the earth are going to mourn because nobody's going to buy their goods. So I think he's talking clearly about the age prior to the rapture of the church and the ensuing tribulation, it's going to be a time of indifference to the impending signs of judgment. And I think we're in it. I think we're clearly seeing uh, that indifference all around us. And sadly, you know, out of, uh, there's 2.42 billion people in the world who would identify as a Christian. And of that, only 6.6% believe in the catching away, the rapture of the church. And that's a, that's a relatively small percentage, which falls right in line with what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 44, that he will come at a time of low expectancy. He'll come when he's not expected. So I think we should be expecting him at any moment to meet us in the air with the dead in Christ. Let us uh, peek into your book a little bit, the sign or the time of the signs. Um, I, I know you're not setting any dates, so where are you going with this? Well, it's, you know, one of the questions I think people often ask is, you know, what's the, what's the order of events? And, you know, the obvious play on words in the title, uh, we're not looking for signs of the times. Uh, we are living in the time of the signs, which I believe began 
on May 14, 1948, when the world began a march toward the fulfillment of all the things written in the Olivet Discourse. I personally believe that the fig tree, because of Hosea, Joel, and Jeremiah, uh, using the fig tree as an idiom for uh, Israel, and specifically in Jeremiah, unbelieving Israel, and, um, you know, that once the fig tree budded, we began a march toward the fulfillment of everything that Jesus mentioned in the Olivet Discourse. So the, the question that comes is, what's the order of events? And this is a march through time, basically. It, it talks about, you know, the, the timing as far as the, the general place in the chronology of biblical prophecy of the rapture of the church and the, the falling away that takes place during that uh, last season of church history. It talks about the, the potential timing of the Ezekiel War and uh, the participants that are lined up now. It talks about the, uh, you know, the, the march into eternity. Uh, which includes the tribulation, the events of the tribulation, the timing of the the uh, abomination that makes desolate, and then it marches us through the great white throne judgment and on into eternity, the millennium and on into eternity. Uh, so it's just it's a, a chronology of Earth's final days, as the subtitle says. So, uh, and it's just it's it's Bible quotes. It's not mm-hmm. sensationalism or personal uh you know thoughts on the matter it's just taking the bible and letting it speak for itself okay the book is entitled the time of the signs and you can pre-order it now through amazon uh by barry uh uh, stagler Uh, check that out let me ask you one other uh question pastor before i run out i've got less than a minute here it's a big question so 1948 does that set forth the generation that the bible talks about I think so, and I think uh, the mistake that a lot of people make is reading the Olivet Discourse only from Matthew and Luke. Uh, Mark gives us the key, I believe, when Jesus encounters the fruitless fig tree, we're told that's the day after the triumphal entry. And then Jesus looks, goes to the tree, and I think most Bible scholars believe the tree represents unbelieving Israel, the fruitless fig tree. And then we're told the next day which was Tuesday, the Passion Week, they saw the tree again. It was dried up from the roots, picturing the diaspora. And then Wednesday, the Passion Week, he taught the Olivet Discourse and said, learn this lesson from the fig tree, the same fig tree the previous two days. Got to go. Can we get you back? You're fascinating. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Perry. Let me say to our viewers, check out the book, The Time of the Signs, uh, pre-ordered on Amazon. Check out his website, Barry uh, Stagler. Stagner, excuse me. Check that out. And, of course, his... uh, his YouTube, uh, the lineup on Thursdays as well. God bless you, friend. Let's stay connected. Good to see you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.